Hello and welcome to the latest Taglines podcast. I'm your host, Lachlan Monroe, and over the coming months we'll be discussing a range of topics which are constantly shaping the world we live in. We really hope you'll join the debate by subscribing or visiting the Taglines hub at tagintdev where you can comment, share or generally further the conversation. Today we'll be exploring whether cybersecurity practices and behaviours are universal or do they require a more nuanced approach country to country. By comparing the strategies used in both Nigeria and Georgia, we seek to understand the importance of tailored cyber awareness campaigns in specific locations and cultures. Joining us on this pursuit is Joshua Moses and John Cecil Wright. Joshua is a cybersecurity engineer, cyber crime prevention advocate, and the founder of A Diary of Hackers, an award-winning initiative that champions cybersecurity awareness and capacity building across Africa. He advocates for a safer and more secure digital world and is passionate about preventing cybercrime through education and awareness campaigns. John has spent a number of years working in the advertising industry for clients in the telco and banking sectors, and for the last 10 years he's been involved in the design and delivery of strategic communications projects designed to tackle issues connected to terrorism, countering violent extremism and serious and organised crime. It was a fascinating conversation. Here's how it went. So, um, welcome to you both. Um, why don't we start with John? Why don't you give us a little bit, uh, a little bit of background on yourself, John, and, and, and where your interest in this area has stemmed from? Sure. Um, so, I began, I began life, I guess, in the advertising industry. Um, we were putting campaigns and, and comms projects together for a range of clients in, in the, uh, the telco and banking sector. Um, and then about 10 years ago, I, I transitioned into sort of behavior change and uh, behavior change campaigns designed to tackle issues around um, you know, violent extremism and terrorism and, uh, uh, and, and serious organized crime as well, um, of which cybercrime is, is, is one of those types of crime. So um, hence the fact I've, I've found myself on uh, quite a f- uh, several cybercrime campaigns um, in, in recent years. Fantastic. Thank you. And uh, Joshua, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, my interest actually stems um, in cybersecurity and I had um, a kind of foundation in cybersecurity, having learned that uh, in my undergraduate studies. And uh, so outside the university or school system, I find myself with so much passion in preventing cybercrime. So I do a lot of advocacy in terms of um, um, spreading the message of say no to cybercrime as well as uh, promoting a safer digital um, environment uh, within and outside Nigeria. Fantastic, thank you very much. And, and, and I, th- I, th- I think for, for context, TAG International is running, uh, designing and implementing a variety of cyber capacity building programs around the world. And, and part of our uh, continuous desire to to, to improve and to um, understand the impact of what we're doing. One of the questions that we ask ourselves is whether or not cyber practices um, are common um, country by country or whether there does need to be a nuance. So part of us asking ourselves um, is, is also engaging with, uh, with, with external expertise. And uh, we thought it would be interesting for uh, our followers and uh, those other people who might be interested in the conversation. So thanks very much again for joining. Um, let's kick it off with a question really to begin with, which I think it's useful to take a brief look at the, the global digital landscape and the most common issues when it comes to personal cybersecurity 
around the world. So to both of you, I guess we'll start with Joshua. Um, what are the top three cybersecurity behavioural issues that individuals face globally? And following on from that, what are the usual kind of awareness strategies used to combat these challenges, would you say? All right. Um, thank you so much. So um, globally, there has been an issue. Uh, it's been a behavioural issue, actually. And I feel it's, it's not actually peculiar to a specific country, um, since cyber threat doesn't actually respect borders. And one of the issues we actually have is the weak password, the password management issue. Um, a lot of persons use um, easy, easily guessable password, and you use them across all their different platforms, different accounts. And it's been said that on an average, uh, an individual has say 10 different accounts, right? Because if I should ask every one of us here, um, from January till date, how many accounts have you created on the internet, right? How many accounts do you have on the internet? Um, a lot of persons might not really know. And um, so imagine using the same password for all of these accounts. Uh, and once an attacker gets into probably one of these accounts, it keeps um, um, reusing or trying to get access to the other account. So I would say weak password is one of the issue. And another issue we actually have is um, people falling victim to phishing attacks. And um, cyber criminals are usually very deceptive. They use emails, they use um, calls just to trick people into revealing sensitive um, you know, information. So phishing attacks is also one of this problem that we have globally. And then of course, people don't update their um, you know, systems and um, update is not there just for, uh, I mean, different systems are not giving you the notification of updates just for, um, you know, for their own sake, but failure to actually update the softwares and devices exposes um, individuals to, you know, known and unknown vulnerabilities that hackers can exploit. Yeah, brilliant. John, and, and, and your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd echo that. Um, you know, we've we've been involved in in campaigns in in Nigeria and Georgia. We've supported work across the Commonwealth um, and in Asia Pacific countries as well. And it's consistently the password issue is 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 one of the main ones. Um, uh, I think something else. You know, people people are sharing a lot of quite sensitive information about themselves on online as well. It seems. Um, either inadvertently because the settings on their social media accounts are, are public so anyone can access and, 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 and find uh, details like addresses and phone numbers and other, other information that can be used against them. But increasingly, uh, people are forming relationships and I think it's maybe a, a younger demographic younger demographic, and, uh, and perhaps more so since COVID and, and people were forming relationships more online. But they're, they're meeting people online that they never meet in person, but then happy to share quite sensitive information or, or compromising images, perhaps, of, of, of themselves online. And this obviously has really negative repercussions down the line. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's super interesting. And the, um, of course, trying to trying to change behaviours uh, at a national level, uh, you know, is, in, is incredibly complicated. And you see how um, companies use enterprise software, for example, to, to, in, to, to drive change within an organisation. And it's done in a, in a very structured and measured way where, you know, employees are, um, are 
uh, required to take uh, online tests, etc. And therefore, there's a continual sort of training uh, and development. But at a national level, with you know all different subsections of society, to try and have some sort of coherent uh, approach and a coherent messaging to try and um, drive behaviour change requires really skilled um, and uh, adept messaging. How how would you say, in your experiences, um, have been effective methods of getting uh, messaging across, Joshua? All right. So um, a very important element of uh, you know cyber security or cyber crime prevention is actually the people element, and um, um, if you are able to change the behavior of people to some extent, you solve majority of the problem, right? Being um, uh, uh, an employee in the organization, be it the citizen of a country, be it even the public um, civil servants in a specific nation. So um, you need to tailor messages. You need to be, um, you know, specific in your message that you're passing across to these um, people. And we often say that people are the weakest link in in security. So tailoring a message to a specific demographic is highly important and um, we have several um, you know communication strategies that can be used to to drive this communication across but again having people uh, you know taking awareness building awareness going to different secondary schools not just schools hospitals tell them of the implication of uh, you know um, having to not update their devices or sharing password or you're using their passwords and go to, um, you know, um, even the law enforcement agencies. Some people are not so familiar with what's happening, um, especially in the terms of digital transformation and how rapidly this, um, you know, transformation is happening. Um, tell the employees of Digital Trust how that your customers need to, you know, you need to protect the privacy of, uh, you know, your clients and customers and all. So yeah, yeah, brilliant. And and John, you've you've uh, you've worked across uh, international campaigns uh, on a similar thematic area. Have you seen there's commonality, of course, around the problem we're trying to solve? But have you seen instances where um, you know understanding the audience has really helped impact and drive um, campaigns in different ways? Yeah, uh, totally. I mean. Um... You know, there's a there's a process to developing a campaign, whether it's a cyber campaign or any other type of type of um, behaviour change campaign. But yes, you've got to um, you've got to really have a, a a forensic understanding of your of your audience if you can, um, but also an understanding of of the problem itself and uh, and the context. And then off the back of that, um, you can you can start to understand where you need to go to engage your audience, what type of messages you need to to deliver that they're, that are going to resonate. Um, and you know it's different in different areas, but I've been involved in some campaigns myself, and then I've I've obviously track other campaigns that are that are happening in, in the space as well. And it's always it's a similar approach that people seem to take. You know, mixed mixed methods, mixed mixed routes of uh, of, of engaging your your audience. Um, I mean, with a cyber campaign, typically there's a there's always a digital sort of an online element because that's where the threat is. Um, but I mean, you know, as as Joshua said, you you can go into schools at a really grassroots level, and and in that instance, you might be trying to influence the children themselves, or you might be trying to encourage them to take messages back into the home to influence their parents. 
Um, you know, we, we've done, we've used social media, we've used the mainstream media, we've put segments on onto news programs and, and, and chat shows. It's 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 totally dependent on the on the context and, and, and the audience you're you're trying to engage. Um, so yeah, that that, that understanding of, of the audience is is obviously key. And I guess uh, I guess when you're approaching um, a campaign, there's a there's a whole element of research that goes into it, and and there's different approaches for different sections of society. And I I'd be interested to know um, the approach in terms of trying to get. Um, uh, behavioural change into a school curriculum based around cyber. Have have uh, have has there been much of an uptake, or, or have you seen any success, particularly in Nigeria, uh, Joshua, around getting uh, getting cyber behaviours uh, into schools at an early age? Yes, um, and this is evident in some of the campaigns we actually did, especially in the previous weeks. Um, I mean, October is our security awareness month, and when taking this message to um, say students um you don't just go there with um you know um all the all the message that is not so relatable to them so what you try to do it i mean children actually what we've observed is that children actually prefer video over text right so the message is trying to pass across you have to probably convert it to video format for them to be able to understand perfectly what they mean. And um, there is a tag initiative, international um, project we we implemented sometimes uh, um, beginning of this year. And the target was was uh, they were actually um, children from teenagers rather from the age of twelve to say eighteen. And um, what these guys actually knew it was mind blowing. Uh, we try to to take away their perception about cybercrime, what they already know, into how they can actually channel it into um, you know cybersecurity or making a positive change from the negative to the positive. So so I mean it's very important to tailor this campaign, um, having to show them, oh yeah, this is a young person, he can do it at this age, and you also can do it without even venturing into cybercrime, right? So this campaign actually differs from different, um, you know, audience, the different audiences that you have. If you're going to take, for example, went to a religious center, and uh, you need to find a way to tailor, oh, what does the religion say about security and the likes, and be able to convey your message even more effectively. So I would say yes, um, and that has been a proven, um, you know, method in trying to convey messages to anybody you're talking about to change their cyber behavior. Yeah, f f fantastic. And and John, do you, with your work that you've been doing in, in Georgia, would you would you assess from that that there are some similarities in terms of the approach? And um, I mean, so I've I've been involved in in cyber uh, projects in both Nigeria and Georgia, and, and they're actually very, very different contexts. Um, I mean, Joshua, uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, in, in Nigeria, cybercrime is kind of a massive industry. You know, they, they call it Yahoo. The people that um, cyber criminals are called Yahoo boys. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost seen as a, as a legit, legitimate form of, of, uh, of earning an income or a career path. Um, You've got these organized crime gangs that essentially take over hotels, use them as an office. And there's a hierarchy, um, senior guys at the top, and they're bringing in younger guys as apprentices and training them up to increase their influence online. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, it's it's almost not seen as a crime in in, in the true sense. Um, or if it is, it's seen as, as victimless. So 
you've, you've got this situation where, where mothers who might sometimes try and protect their sons from getting involved in other forms of crime actually encourage their sons to, to earn money through cybercrime. And that's just effectively pushes them towards other forms of crime, which is clearly a problem. Um, so, so that's the sort of context in, in Nigeria, whereas in Georgia, we, we, we undertook some research before running some comms activity there. And it's almost the complete opposite end of the scale in that um, cybercrime isn't really on people's radar there. Um, if, if, if they are thinking about cybercrime, they kind of connect it with um, industry, you know, big businesses being hacked, big, big industries being hacked, um, and perhaps extremely wealthy people being, um, being targeted as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very different, different scenario there. So, uh, before we could do any kind of, uh, behavior change, um, in the, in the region, because it is actually a growing problem now, even though people aren't aware of it, there are, there are, um, more sort of, uh, incidents of cybercrime happening. Before we can get them to sort of protect themselves online, we have to make them aware of the threat. So, um, the campaign that we ran there was the, the, the first, the initial phase of it was about trying to create sort of, healthy respect and healthy healthy fear for for cybercrime and only once we've landed that message can we then go in and start start encouraging people to to change their behaviors and, and adopt these good cyber practices yeah so it sounds to me like it's 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 um it's driven by the the society's uh concept of what cybercrime is and how that might impact them at the time and i guess in nigeria um joshua interesting to know the, if there's an industry uh, really built around cybercrime, is that turned on itself internally? Is that so? Are Nigerian people subjected to crime from Nigerian um, cyber crime um, organisations, or would you say that the majority of the cybercrime in Nigeria is directed from an, on an international basis? Uh, so the issue of cybercrime in Nigeria is actually a very um, dicey one, because. Um, if you look at the population that perpetrates these, um, you know, crimes, they are mostly young persons who are influenced by a lot of things. Um, can be, um, you know, for financial gain actually, obviously. And then um, some of their role models are, are people they look up to, which are also in, uh, involved in such kind of activities. And um, looking at the whole ecosystem of um, from the government even to to people who understand this risk, cause the old boys that 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 have been said about, uh, most of them or some of them don't really know the implications of what they're doing. Cause I would say that um, from the perspective of what we did in the TAC International project we did in one of the um, areas that that have a high rates of um, you know um, young people involved in cyber crime and we realized that the people that have high tendency of joining these guys uh, in perpetrating this these crimes don't really know what the negative impact is on themselves as well as the, the victims of those crimes so we try as much as possible um, the government is trying as much as possible to 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 you know um, pass the message across the law enforcement are there um, we have some um, NGOs as well that are doing well to to channel the message of CNO to cybercrime and also to tell them the implications of what they are doing how they can get off 
um, I mean, get out of that situation and how they can use their skills to positively impact, um, you know, not just the nation, but the globe as well. Because these guys are very brilliant and um, we give them some technical, um, you know, activities to, to, to do uh, in form of a capture the flag competition. And what we realized was so mind blowing because these guys are very good um, intellectually, uh, which they just need one or two mentorship as well as, um, you know, um, knowledge to be passed across to them on how to, you know, stop all of this and also change their mindset about it. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's um, it's clearly it's clearly beginning to make a difference. Are, are, have you found ways in which um, it's it's easy to measure the impact of some of the um, campaigns? Yeah. So um, one of it is actually the number of persons that we've impacted directly in terms of yeah, they already know the impact of cybercrime and what is good, what is not good. Um, that is the number of beneficiaries we're able to reach directly and indirectly reaching out to the schools as well. And then um, prosecution is one of the key things because, I mean, there are some that won't actually change from what they've already started because it's already deep-rooted in them. Then, So what do we do with um, such audience, right? Um, prosecution, which we have um, the Federal Ministry of Justice in Nigeria, that the cybercrime unit is doing a lot of things in trying to see how justice can be, um, you know, done. How these guys can be prosecuted for these crimes. And um, yes, I think these are some of the ways that we actually measure um, the impact of these programs. Fantastic. And and John, your experience in Georgia um, clearly a different a different problem set, if you like, or a different concern from society around cyber, as you've already articulated. Um, how how have you gone about um, structuring a campaign? Have you have you looked at specific or t taken a piece of a larger piece of the investment and put it to a specific part of society that you think would have the most impact? And do you think by doing that, if you have done that, that there's it runs the risk of of alienating other um, parts of society? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, so, you know, the, it's a strange kind of dichotomy in that a lot of people are most at risk of, uh, of cybercrime online that much. So in, in a way, you'd think they'd be protected by the fact that they're, 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 they don't use the Internet as much. But the issue is because they don't use it when they they, they also aren't aware of what they should be doing when they when they do go online. Um, uh, and so when they are online, they, they, they tend to be those most at risk. Um, so yes, we've had to sort of uh, we, we've we've had an overarching campaign that's targeted the broad um, the broader population, but within that we've developed strands of messages that, um, that target more rural populations. Um, we've also targeted uh, communications that women and girls who uh, the the threat against them is, is perhaps slightly different um, in terms of you know you, you've got online uh, harassment, gender uh, online gender based violence, and that sort of thing. So. Um, so yes, you do. We, we do tend to target segments of, or, or strands of messaging towards towards different audiences, but obviously we need to keep it um, broad enough uh, that the message is, is kind of rele relevant um, to to all. If we're trying to change change behaviour at, at a national level, um, and then we've got different ways of obviously measuring whether or not we're having an impact um, either amongst these different uh, the different sort of target groups and, and the broader population. Um, on online is obviously 
provides a lot of analytics and data so you can you can measure your sort of um, reach and engagement and, and the sentiment to what you're uh, to the kind of messages you're putting out and um, but we also try and run uh, sort of surveys as well national surveys so we baselined uh, we ran a, a, a sizable survey at the beginning of the activity that we that we ran another survey sort of halfway through to see if we if the, uh, the sort of behaviors that we were trying to change were actually changing and then we've we've got some activity running at the moment um but when that ends we'll run a a separate uh, a separate set of uh surveys as well across the population to try and again measure that measure that shift and, and make sure we've had some sort of impact well i mean it's fantastic to hear um of the work that um that is going on in in in, in not just the, the countries that you're working in but but of course elsewhere and it's such a it's such a mammoth problem i think you know we certainly see it at uh from from our position as as an international development company um the 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 rise of cyber um the rise of cyber crime has just correlated obviously with um the improvements of a sort of global communication mesh you know the explosion of the internet and of course the dark internet um and it's no it's no coincidence that crime has has grown or cybercrime has grown uh, at the same rate. So it's super important that uh, we are doing what we can to try and to try and combat that growth and, and protect society from it. So it's, it's fantastic work that you're both doing, which we're very grateful for. Um, it is obviously a vast problem. And um, one question that we always ask um, at the end of our podcasts is if you had and unlimited uh, financial resources, how would you uh, use it in the most effective way? Joshua, why don't you have a crack at that? All right, yeah, so um, I mean, for me, I would actually say I would invest more in um, what we call research and development um, in terms of um, trying to harness these talents from um, the ta- of course, we have shortage of um, you know cybersecurity talents globally, and um, one other way that we can actually combat these crimes as well as the threats we have in is to grow the talents. Right. Um, so one thing I'll do is to invest so much in research and development and innovative solutions that can help combat this 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 um, you know crime. Um, education and awareness is also something uh, we'll look into in terms of going to the grassroots and uh, move from the grassroots up, um, even to the government agencies, even to having digital, um, even having um, sustainable and responsible, uh, you know, digital transformation. Um, and, and also to train, um, yeah, just like I said, education. So research and development, education is what I will focus on. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, John, if you had unlimited resources, how would you put them best to use? I mean, I guess similar in a way to Joshua, I mean, from, from what we've seen, uh, particularly in, in, in Nigeria, um, people are getting involved in cybercrime because they've, they've got no other opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't making very much money from, from cybercrime, but that's better than making no money at all. So, you know, if people had other opportunities and yes, in, in, in sort of in cyber, but beyond that, you know, just any just general opportunities for them to create uh, a life where they have a sort of a, a sense of control over their future and a sense of purpose, um, then they wouldn't need to get involved in, in cybercrime in the first place. I mean, you know, people aren't in, inherently bad, um, but they get involved in, in, in bad, bad stuff like cybercrime because, because they kind of have to 
because uh, they see it as their, as their only route out of only route out of poverty. So, yeah, if I had unlimited resources, I'd, I'd it, I guess create unlimited other alternative opportunities for for the people who are getting involved. Yeah, it sounds it sounds to me like like the same with all. Um organized crime or trying to counter um, organized crime is it's a combination of education plus providing alternative pathways um, for, for younger people and that feels to me like the most robust way to to tackle this problem um, thank you both very much indeed before I let you go um, Joshua I uh, as I introduced you earlier I, I gave a little plug to diary diary of hackers um, it's an opportunity for you to, to to tell us just a little bit about that before we go to give it uh, to, to 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 get it out there and amplify it a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that. All right. Um, so yeah, Diary of Hackers is uh, is a community of um, cybersecurity enthusiasts. Um, it's an award-winning community in Africa that does champion cybersecurity awareness and capacity building across board. So we've had. Um, a lot of projects and activities that focuses on capacity building uh, as well as awareness, just like I said. And we have unlimited number of persons, I mean, a lot of people that we've reached with uh, different campaigns, uh, job opportunities as well. We organize conferences for people to know what's going on in the cybersecurity slash cybercrime um, you know, industry and where people can stay ahead of the curve, as well as providing... Um, you know, some of these technical capabilities to to organizations that really cannot afford cybersecurity. So, yeah, that's what we do. And uh, at Diary of Hackers. Brilliant. And, and where could uh, where could where could people follow it or go and have a look at what you do? Yeah. So you can actually check our website out at um, diaryofhackers.com and follow us on different social media platform at diary of hackers across board fantastic uh, thank you both so much indeed for for contributing to such an engaging conversation it's incredibly interesting and i hope everybody enjoyed it as much as i did thank you both very much indeed thank you thank you so much